Hey everybody, and welcome back to the Chill Artcast. Um, appreciate you guys dropping in again for another episode. Um, this one uh, is particularly going to be interesting because the only way that we have an amazing artist on today to talk to us and uh, you know discuss art and his career, but also um, we've kind of uh, hijacked um, his brain for a while to try and run through some ideas on uh, a concept art brief. Um, a couple of you guys have been talking about wanting to see people doing um, some live drawing or some live briefs or some kind of breakdown of their process more in depth. I know the last time we had it with uh, with Jude, a lot of you guys really enjoyed the fact that he done a kind of live demo while we were talking. Um, so I've tried to facilitate that with other guests. So whoever was up for it, really, we just kind of dived in and, and talked about it and, and, and seen if it was a good idea. So um, today this guest has agreed to... Um, again not only share his his knowledge of the industry but also his process for breaking down characters and design um so if you guys can help me welcome along today's guest uh thomas chamberlain king hey thomas Hello. how's it going hey i'm hey. doing good thank you how are you yeah i'm good i'm good yes yes thank you for uh giving up your time um to chat to us i know you're always insanely busy with the new job and work in general it's, it's got to be hectic just now so um yeah yeah welcome to the to the podcast um yes indeed uh you've been on my radar for a while to try and get you on 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 the podcast i know we talked briefly about um us kind of crossing paths at, at initial workshops but i know you've been around the circuit for a while now and and uh to several events i mean it's always fun going in your art station and seeing all the the accolades and awards and mentions you've had for uh for the art session challenges it seems to be numerous at this point so um they're, yeah. they're always really fun especially since you know things like events it's pretty it's great that you bring up entry workshops because that's three years old and, and <laughs> that's it's so yeah, strange it's... to think that it's been that long since we actually saw each other but... i know it's crazy because it's i mean like we were talking about this as well that you know we'd love for it to come back but you know uh daniel and, and, and alex and a couple of other guys are, are um who run it you know I've, I've been so focused on their own careers just now it's it's hard to think about organizing another one because it takes up you know so much time i think the last time i spoke to daniel he was saying that you know it takes an, a whole year you know exactly the, especially because it's, planet, getting, it's so. more popular and popular like every time they do it you know people you yeah know, it just gets bigger. bigger speakers and stuff and, venues and, and yeah just, yeah it just takes so much effort but yeah we, it was it is missed because uh i don't think there's many things that are filling its place i know vertex is starting to kind of take off in london i know they're they're um definitely got some good speakers and, and people who are involved and uh <clears throat> but then i think the whole I think the intimacy of initial workshops was what I really loved. It was quite a, no, the, the event was small. I mean, it was like five, 600 people sometimes, but like, you know, it was kind of one of those things where everybody knew everybody and you were going to these events. You were, you were not really as interested as much really going to as, as many talks. You were more just trying to catch up with people when you were there because you didn't see exactly. them all year. So that big, the big meetup between the whole artist family, you know, and it's just at the, at the moment, of course, it's just much harder to get that same sort of, um, that same sort of feeling because, of course yeah, we well, can't be meeting in person it sucks it does suck especially i think because even you think to yourself oh well i can go to you know another event or something similar but everything's everything's locked down now so it's mm. it's you know um i think even the fact that you know i can't go to teach you or or, or the, the other big events it's like oh you know you need you kind of crave that every year because you want to you know at least have a bit of sociability with this job because you're kind of stuck indoors most of the time so 
Um, the fact that you can't do that now, it's, it's, I think it's starting to wear on the greater community, especially the THU crowd. I know the guys stay quite close in contact with me and a lot of them are saying, yeah, it's, it's really sucking that, you know, we can't get mm. them to, to meet up. So, um, yeah, especially for Andre, because I know he had that whole Japan thing planned, <clears throat> which was, <clears throat> excuse me, which is in 20, it was 2020, I think, or the end. That was the whole thing. We thought that was going to happen. And then that all fell through after he'd set all that up. And oh, God, yes, yeah, it must have been really, really shitty to, to set all that stuff up. And then, you know, be like, oh, we can't do it. Oh, exactly. Because so, they're yeah. in the same place of just like going bigger and better each time. And so, yeah, know, the thing which would have been like the biggest push for for an event that they've done so far, unfortunately, then just couldn't, yeah. couldn't do it. I know, it sucks. It does. Um, so yeah, we've got you on today. Um, like I said, we're going to try and do something a bit different. So we're going to try and talk about um, art in general and, and, and your kind of background. Um, but we've gave Thomas a brief. We've gave him a brief. Uh, basically, there's a really good website. I'll link it in the description called Concept Start. And uh, it basically can generate um, ideas. If, if people are maybe struggling with what would I draw or what could I draw, um, there's a whole setup where, um, you know, uh, you guys can can uh, can enter uh, a prompt, or you can just hit a randomized button, and then it makes something totally you know random for you to, to generate to draw. Um, so today we've given Thomas a brief. Um, this one is a bit strange. Uh, <laughs> we're going to be drawing a, a female goblin, um, a young adult female goblin who is fat, uh, has a lonely personality, and the key feature of her is long legs. Um, which is funny with the long legs and the female, like that might have been intertwined, but that will still be quite cool. Um, an armament, so that our, our kind of main holding is an ancient gemstone. So we'll see if we can work that in. Target market is adults, and the time frame we're going to give Thomas about uh, 90 minutes or, or whatever he feels he needs um, to try yeah. and generate something. Um, 50 yeah. thumbnails, one design. I don't, we don't have to be strict on the 50 thumbnails, but like, you know. <laughs> I'll scrub that bit out. We don't need that bit. What, yeah, whatever you feel is is appropriate. Obviously, we we can just do that. But uh, yeah, and then even that in ninety minutes, it's like you know how much can you get done in that? But then we'll try and just do the best we can with with what we have. So um, yeah, so that that that's the idea. That's the challenge. Anyway, the, um, try and generate ideas, and then along the way, um, when we are we're chatting away, we'll try and just dive in, and Thomas can can feedback on what he's doing, or if he has a particular point, he's he's gonna. Um, do something really cool he'll be like oh watch this and then we'll, we'll try and dive into what he's doing so yeah I love the little goblin drone already it's <laughs> that's that's the brief done that's it that's, that's all there we go just... <laughs> we've got it finished yes big, they've got long legs final approved <laughs> yeah yeah this will be a it's going to be interesting definitely to, to see what you come up with but um but it'll be good as well because I, I know people I know we get students are always like oh you know how would you tackle a brief or you know what would you, you know, what would you think about doing this? So, but it's interesting as well because we know with you working at Playgrounds now, of course, you know, you're working on Fable, it's been announced. So, you know, mm. I'm sure Goblins or something you've came across at one point. So it's it's probably um, something you, you've got a good idea on how to generate. So it's, it's probably, yeah. No comment. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> but we'll see how you get on. So, yeah, cool. Um, okay, so... I'll just start the timer whenever you're ready, Thomas. You ready just to go just now, or yeah, let's go. I'll I'll just be sketching random thumbnails and you you shoot questions. Talk away. Right, cool. So three, two, one, and go. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. So 
maybe even dive in before we dive into like your your background and, and other things how do you tackle these tasks to start with like what's the initial thinking that you're going through uh, so like, with things like this, there's always something which is going to stand out and be like the most important sort of aspect, I feel. Um, right. in, in the same way that you shape, uh, that you design shapes kind of big, medium, small, uh, the, the big thing uh, is always, there's always like one aspect that's overshadowing the rest um, in some mm. way. And I feel like with design, the strong designs that are memorable or sort of feel iconic um, or just sort of, they stand out as having something specific which immediately resonates with you, it's because you take a specific feature and you make that the point of the design. Uh, in this case, like the, the, the armament of ancient gemstones, that's going to be a cool layer on top, but I don't think that's going to get people in, like, uh, involved with the character. Uh, you're sort of always looking for something that the, the audience has like, experience with already because that's what they can relate to. So I think out of this, it's like, I'm going to do a bunch of sketches and work out which one of these, these features sort of feels like the one that I want to make the main feature. Uh, it could be two of them perhaps at once. Um, like it might be, this is, is the main thing I really want to, to aim for. So it's just the combination of these two features that really makes this design That's stand cool stuff. out. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can just like, the rest of it adds, is like a layer on top. It's like a skin um, that you're adding to it afterwards. Yeah, it's kind of like you're working through primary forms and then into the tertiary stuff later down the line. Um, kind of like the first and second reads, that's always the thing you're aiming for, at least as well as trying to get like the, the silhouette is like kind of the most important initially. And then once you've kind of got that defined, you're trying to then build on top of that as much as you can. Like you said, layering, um, clothing, accessories, the gemstone. Um mm. So yeah, like, and it's it's interesting to always always see how you get those those big shapes in first and what you feel is going to read best on the page. And I think with a whole, um, like the circle, uh, kind of like cylindrical shapes with the legs and the and the stomach. It's like it was an exercise I think way back that Scott Robertson done where you try to design mechs, but you just use three shapes. So you use a circle, a square, and a triangle, and you try and right, make yeah. as many variations as a mech as you can on one page. Um, so sometimes like the triangles, the body, then the squares, the legs or the squares, the body, the triangles, the legs. So it's, yeah, <clears throat> those, those shapes are, I think I've seen people actually even like TB Choi doing that as well, where she'll take like random drawings, like just squiggles, like shapes. And then within that shape, trying to fill in, um, a character or a face or, um, you know, something, cause then, then you're just, you're generating from a random shape. There's no right kind of rhyme or reason you're trying to make the design fit the shape. So it's, mm. um. And that's it's kind of like you have this big, there's this uh, overarching uh, feel or motion or something that that's what the, the viewer experiences first. So, you know, that sort of TV joy thing where it's like you do a random shape like this. This is the motion. This is kind of like the, the feeling you get just from a glance. And so when you then turn it into something else, hopefully you preserve that feeling. And that's, that's kind of like the, the sticking point, the thing that draws you in at first. Yeah. Yeah, I think she's done the the similar thing where, you know, you'll make a face out of a triangle, a square, and an oval, and then you have to build almost a character personality of those things. Um, yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Oh, yeah, I see what you're doing as well with the the whole random shape thing. Mm. It's it's it could be a fun one for this. Yeah, like a like flown cape. I was going to say, yeah, like a a thing coming off the back and 
Yeah, because clothing is like a thing that's totally open as well. So you could really add anything at this point, you know, like a fancy hat or a staff or whatever. And, you know, even even the ancient gemstone could be on a staff or could be part of like, it could be on a book, you know, like it's it's no good to be specifically. Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm working out where you may want to put that. It's, it's going to be like a, a, fun, <laughs> a fun brand of just like, what's what's going to be the the thing that I bring to life with the ancient gemstone? Is it a is it a right. weapon or is it like, a chess plate. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah, these are these are always interesting, I think, to dive into because um it does it it exercises the grammar, right? You it's getting you thinking on on you know the right side of the brain or the left side, but mm. it's definitely an interesting process to see people try and make something from nothing, which is the hardest part of of course of concept is that you're trying to create these uh, ancient apparitions or these these lifelike characters when they have no rhyme or reason really which yeah, is yeah absolutely uh, and also you're trying to do things that are unique <laughs> things that things that are yeah. original you haven't seen before but you're trying to straddle that balance as well to draw in an audience with things that they recognize and uh, yeah. would engage with yeah makes sense goblins especially i think it's i mean they're humanoid to an extent but then they have their own kind of look in themselves so um yeah it's, it's it's an interesting thing to even tackle as well because then it's anything that's not humanoid i think in general is or anything that's not human is, is always a challenge because then um like i said you're, you're if you're drawing a human if you're drawing a person then it's something that, that people will recognize but if it's humanoid at least then you know well it's got two arms it's got two legs you know it's it stands upright it's bipedal so and mm. um, you, you've kind of got like a uh, an instance is something that's that's easier to design. It's different when you're maybe designing bipedal things or <clears throat> or, or things with wings or you know whatever. It's, it's like, yeah, like the, the mech challenge is always a good one because it's there's very little about that just just from the idea of a mech that is uh, relatable. But I mean, right, oftentimes yeah. you you turn maybe like a teapot into a mech or like a toaster into a mech, and that's <laughs> that then has that whimsical but also um, relatable aspect that yeah can can draw an audience into it makes sense yeah um so yeah so for you when you were getting started off um especially when you were you were early on going to school was that something that you were specifically going to school for did you go to university college for uh illustration so uh i was i haven't really got any formal art training um the the latest sort of stage of of art training i did was uh i had an art foundation course um so you would come out from doing your A-levels, which for me was all science and maths. And at that point, rather than go to uni, I, I basically took a, a gap year. Um, I was planning to do science at uni, uh, natural sciences at UCL in London. But oh, wow. the, and I, I'd, I'd gone through like the application process. I, I got an offer and deferred, deferred the entry so that I could just spend a year having fun doing, doing art. Um, right. I think in my mind, I was sort of like, I was aware that this might be my last chance to sort of, I suppose, change direction just in case. Um, right. Meanwhile, sort of quite rightly, I think uh, my parents were sort of saying, you know, it would be a good thing to get a degree under your belt just, just to make sure you have this kind of like qualification for later on in life. Right. So I was quite happy to think, yeah, I, I might do, um, you know, I might actually do research and art will just remain a, a passion, like a, um, a hobby. And I think that slowly shifted to, oh, yeah, I'll go and do the, the uni degree and then maybe I'll start pursuing art afterwards. 
And then the, the further I got into this foundation course, um, it's where I started to discover everything to do with basically the game, the entertainment industry. Um, the beginning of that was uh, discovering FCD design cinema. So I binged all of uh, Feng's videos on that. Uh, it started to like have a good grasp about how the industry works just because he would talk about it so comprehensively. Right. And at that point, I could then you know, really start to to get an idea of what I wanted to do because I was like, this is this is f- fucking awesome. I, I want to do this now. <laughs> right. How do I get to this point? And unfortunately, no one at college, you know, no one else was actually doing digital painting. The closest thing was graphic design. Right. So I did a bit of graphic design and it was designing posters and stuff. And I went, uh, I think I need to be in like the illustration class. So I went into that class, but just did everything digitally instead. Right. Which seemed very new to most people. Um, Interesting. You know, yeah. There's definitely a divide with illustrators between the old and the new where, you know, like, uh, and I was watching the Carl Kopinski talk about a lot of his process and he was saying for him for a lot, for a long time, like Photoshop was something he avoided because he just felt like it wasn't something he felt comfortable in as an illustrator. Like he was more keen to do pen and pencil at the times, but I've noticed recently that he's actually got really into procreate now and he's using that Uh, super actively. So I think it's definitely about finding the medium. Um, I know, uh, do you know uh, Rich Carey as well? Do you know Rich at all? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I've worked with him briefly at Avonmore. Oh, nice. Yeah. So Rich obviously, you know, as, as a procreate nut, like he does all his stuff. Um, yeah, now in Procreate, uh, which is funny actually. I was watching or I was looking at an update on his Facebook at one point, or it was his Instagram, and he was talking about how he felt like he was getting worse as an illustrator because uh, he couldn't draw as fluently on his iPad anymore. But he, <laughs> he took it at the Apple Store, and you probably heard this. He found out that he'd drawn so much in his iPad, he'd wore away the screen. So, <laughs> like, oh, so everything was like kind of all the lines yeah. were rough and bumpy yeah yeah he was like oh, he felt it was getting worse and then he had to buy a new <laughs> ipad and then he was like oh like it's working again i was like jesus christ <laughs> Damn, well i mean that's only rich only rich could time. do that yeah right yeah. <laughs> work yeah, your way yeah. through the screen jesus christ yeah rich yeah. is rich is a monster man i was actually funny enough surprised to find out that he was a 3d artist 3d character artist before i know he moved the concept and yeah, a great one like, um it was really interesting yeah he so I have more ties to him than uh, than just Adam Hawk because right. when I was at college, uh, I was reaching out to various artists. Uh, well, at least I was supposed to be reaching out to artists to ask them for advice. I ended up only asking two people. Um, it was one, um, and they were actually both working at, um, what is it, Creative Assembly at the time. So Rich was there as a character yeah. artist, and then mm-hmm. uh, I think it was Olivia Butler Stroud as uh, an environment artist or a prop artist and uh i asked them for for advice and the, the thing that i really took away was uh rich said something about you know you got to put ten thousand hours of work in um and you know once you've done that and your artwork is as good as like the front page of art station then you're good to go and that was sort of my introduction to art station so i went from there and that was mind-blowing um mm-hmm. And it was also like I could I could suddenly see that yes this this was an entire world of like art that was so very different to the things that I was previously sort of uh, looking at which was Used to. really all on deviant art so mm. um, like my early sort of digital art stuff was all like, drawing cute anime things um, which which I still enjoy I just I just don't I just course, don't yeah. have this urge to make it anymore for some reason um, right 
and yeah, that was all from from DeviantArt. And so switching over to this this magical place that has like all this incredible uh, like the art from games, but also just all the illustrations by like uh, uh, Wei Feng and um, right. Bayard Wu and stuff. They were some of the first sort of just mind blow moments of I didn't know this kind of yeah. thing was even possible. There's a whole Asian market now. We were talking about this the other day of like, you know, Asian artists who are coming out of school or Feng's programs and they're just like going from zero to a hundred like real yeah, quick. Yeah, like, yeah. It's unbelievable. Like I remember seeing the Wukong game demo that came out, was it last year? They put out oh, the trailer. Yeah, Myth. And uh, oh my god, there's like a team of like fifteen people. I was like, oh my god. It's like <laughs> it's actually incredible, isn't it? I'm like people are really sleeping in China like in general like just you know the whole market that is there and even Korea is the same like you know I know John Polidori when I spoke to him at Lightbox he was just in the process of leaving LA to go work in uh, Seoul as an art director and he's over there now and like he was saying that even at the time in 2019 he was like yeah people are definitely sleeping on like the Asian market there's so much stuff going on um that's the that's just a it's just in general, like it's it, people just don't really realize how good you know people are that are, are over there. That the competition level is getting even higher, and uh, you know even some outsourcing studios now. Um, there's so many of them set up in, in Asia because you know a lot of those guys can deliver such good quality for such you know silly prices, some competitive prices. So it's um, yeah, exactly. It's, it's an interesting turn. So, so I mean, so you done the whole non-traditional route you've kind of taught yourself or, or kind of went to a point where you're, you're kind of forging your own path why was it concept art for you specifically rather than 3d or you know was it just was it literally just because you know the, the drawn was there you, you had the urge to draw or was it basically was it creation or i think somehow illustration seemed i wasn't as aware that illustration in the entertainment industry was still so big so my understanding of illustration at the time was kind of what um, essentially what I saw happening at college and some people came in and sort of did talks and illustration and they were they were doing sort of like watercolor uh, images of different foods for like the Waitrose uh, selection of foods or something and so it was right. it was like the illustrative work for packaging and things like that that um, wasn't <laughs> wasn't connected to the games that I loved you know um, right. so I kind of maybe passed off illustration because I felt like that's where that there wasn't as much um, opportunity job-wise there. Right. Um, and, and again, like we uh, briefly mentioned at the beginning, for some reason, concept art was kind of being thrown around as this, like that, that's the sexy job that everyone wanted for some reason. Right. Yeah. Um, it seemed like the thing where you could be like the most creative or, you know, do all of the, the cool designs and that kind of thing. And that could right. literally just be because I was listening to Feng Zhu like <laughs> 24 hours a day. I was just sort of right. piping his voice into my head constantly. And so, <laughs> um, you know, naturally I'd end up having that sort of uh, just listening to his take or like getting, getting into, into it uh, purely based on like that one view of, of what concept art was. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Feng in general, I know people can, can definitely have mixed opinions about his approach to teaching or whatever else, but I mean, the guy, you can't deny that he's been, one of the most successful in our industry you know he's just yeah, yeah. such a legacy of of stuff i mean he was working on star wars i think that was one of his first gigs he uh, was working on the prequels <laughs> and uh, at that age especially like it was it was incredible to see how much he'd done and you know sitting in that room you know even with guys like you know 
uh, Ian McEwan stuff like sitting across for you. It's like you know, or Ian McCaig, Sorry, it's like uh, yeah, it's like the guy definitely has you know solid information. I think he even done one recently. Uh, one of his most recent videos in FCD. It was like the future of concept art. It was like where he sees the industry kind of going. Um, mm. and he was totally on point. Like he definitely he saw the whole trend of you know guys that were art directors or had started as juniors who are now art directors and you've got the new guys coming in. It's uh, <clears throat> it's an interesting time, I think, for the industry because even when I left my job as an engineer in 2011-2012, concept art was just beginning to be a job. Um, I mean, it was in a sense, but like the popularity of the of the the profession was definitely like you know in its infancy. Um, I mean, art station wasn't even a thing, you know when i left my job like you know deviantart was still right was the place to go to for for everything yeah yeah so um so yeah concept art has definitely exploded in the last kind of maybe 10 years it's definitely um springed in in existence so um yeah i mean have you found that when you know you we, we talked about this briefly but and again we touched on it earlier just when you were drawn there but you know the popularity of concept art do you feel like <clears throat> there is a misconception about the the trade do you feel like there's kind of key elements that people miss when they look to that as a career yeah i'd say the general thing would just be the sort of um you, you see the big uh polished sort of illustration stuff that naughty dog might do um right or at least it, it feels like you could you could call it illustration because of just how um precise it is and like you know the 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 detail and the the care to to every aspect of it, and a lot of that comes from from the heavy use of three d to to really polish that stuff out. I think that's that's probably the main thing is that you you look at those images and you go, that's what I want to make because that's that's awesome yeah um and of course, you know a lot of the the time you are you're doing iterations of designs you're you're working very rough, you're um having to just constantly go back and forth over uh things to try and match an art direction. Or to solve a particular design problem, like you know, the game perhaps needs this long, long-legged uh, fat goblin character, and mm. you're really struggling to find a way to fit it into the the art style that's been set for the project. You know, so it's not yeah. just uh, making a, a cool illustration constantly, um, mm. because of course that that is illustration rather than concept work. But I wouldn't say that's a huge um, misconception anymore. I think that's something which. Uh, was was more prevalent before, but I think um, as you know, more art books are being made from from games, and essentially they are more willing to put in rough work uh, and and display rough work. I think there was a, a big resistance to, to putting out anything that wasn't like polished, um, just from a, from a studio point of view. Yeah, and so, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, it's it's one of these things like um, even for the big illustration jobs in the industry, stuff like maybe Magic or Hearthstone, for example, you know, which I'm a big fan of, you know. A lot of those guys see the end result with the cards, but don't really see the fact that, you know, somebody will sit and thumbnail that stuff for, you know, a couple of weeks, you know, just getting a pose or a, a, a perspective piece or, you know, the composition's not working right. So it's a little bit left, a little bit right. Um, and uh, and those are pretty difficult as well, because in that sense, with a lot of those guys, they're working solo, right? So you can't bounce ideas sometimes off other people. Um, I know to an extent those guys sometimes have like closed chats where they can talk to each other with briefs and stuff. But I mean, essentially, sometimes you are kind of stuck in your own void, so it's 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 almost a lot harder to try and generate stuff because you're uh, you're in a kind of vacuum, you're in like a bubble. 
Um, do yeah, you find that that's something that's different with you when you're at like Atom Hawk? Did you enjoy the fact that you could kind of just walk across to someone's desk and quickly show them something? Yeah, it, it's really nice to have that. You can just sort of lean over to, to someone else and be like, can I have your opinion on this? Uh, like, just yeah. get a second, second thought. Um, yeah. You know, it's something which I miss at the moment. Is that like if I want that, yeah. I have to, I have to copy it into the Teams chat and message someone yeah. and be like, "Hi, can I have your thoughts on this?" And it feels, <laughs> it feels like it makes it so much more formal somehow. A hundred percent, yeah. Especially if they reply that. with something that you're quite not maybe sure if they're like having a dig or maybe, you know, they're saying something like you're like, "Oh shit!" Like you know, maybe, maybe sounds like you've fucked up somewhere. <laughs> you're kind of yeah. like, "Oh no, what have I done?" Yeah, exactly. That's the other thing. Like if you're not doing it in a voice call, then stuff can sound very blunt and you don't want to constantly like fiddle around with your language to make it as sort of yeah. uh, as as nice as possible like you need to be efficient in in how you're doing your work but um mm-hmm. it can you don't want to crush people's souls <laughs> exactly it can it can be really uh sort of disheartening if if it's interpreted wrong essentially so yeah. and the whole thing kind of just like slows down a lot of the communication that i think yeah. we were used to um yeah it's, it's yeah. definitely difficult I've, I've had that with jobs i've done recently and people have give feedback and it's like you've got to try and take it with a, a grain of salt because sometimes people do just text or type stuff and you're like shit what <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is, it, exactly. is it terrible i'm sorry <laughs> um, yeah. and so yeah i mean i i really enjoy that that back and forth um, i think it's yeah. the thing that makes Currently, like one of the main reasons I, I was looking to, to work in-house on, on a game specifically was to get that experience of like going deep into a design and you know actually going through that iterative process, which you know can can feel tiresome at times, but then is more rewarding because of it. Um, yeah, like Asset Atomic was genuinely smaller, discrete projects. Some of them were quite long, sort of like half a year, mm. and some of sort of you work on it for a month and then you're on the next thing. And that could be really fun for the variation, um, but also it, like the caveat is that you then don't really get as involved with with anything, um, yeah. and it doesn't really feel like you're sort of constantly going to talk to like the art directors of that particular project to get their thoughts. Um, it's, right. Yeah. It's more of a here's your task, complete it, versus the I have this idea, can I try this out? Right. Um, yeah. Was that the reason that you jumped from kind of Hawk to to Playgrounds? Were you looking for that involvement level more yeah so, so i think again it's kind of like there's positive negative to both and uh i just wanted to make i just wanted to get more experience uh, really and so that, that was one of the main reasons and then the other one was just so i could be close to my girlfriend in cambridge um right. so you know that's that's been really nice since just because uh, yeah. it was a long train journey down from newcastle um, I I could imagine, yeah, yeah. I mean, Cambridge is quite a nice place as well. I know there's a couple of guys I know who there who worked down at uh, Frontier down there as well. So ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, and there's like Ninja yeah. Theory and JGX and stuff in, in Cambridge. Yeah, there's a couple of good studios down there. So, um, so I mean, you're kind of getting to the the end of this thumbnail with this with this kind of last goblin. Mm. I mean, I suppose. I'm trying to think where your head is and and the design theory here. I mean, is there something you're kind of finding as you're going along? Is there is there something that's kind of popping out to you about these designs that you feel is working or isn't working? Or so the difficult thing is like I don't know how to convey a lonely personality. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say like that, that's got to be. I was actually going to ask you that because that seems like such a difficult thing to incorporate into 
are designed right is maybe like is it the confidence level is it maybe how they dress do they maybe wear a lot of hoods and cloaks or you know like because you can spin it both ways like i'm going in this one for a lady that's like just doesn't need anyone she's just like a she'll go off and do her quests or whatever alone because like a loner yeah yeah she's she's a, a sort of like a quirky loner that is just very content with her own company or you know the right. company of the the environment around her versus yeah. a more sort of i guess awkward looking looking one which maybe no mm. one really wants to party with um and then <laughs> and then someone who's just like a bit aloof you know that, that they're just not right. really that interested in talking to anyone else right okay so yeah, yeah it's, it's a weird weird personality trait to try and put across it definitely is something that requires more thinking on the end of like clothing or, or hairstyle it's like how do you def- define lonely you know so mm. yeah but then otherwise as far as stuff that's sort of standing out yeah i think at the moment it's trying to get that like hit, hit the brief in terms of the long legs and uh yeah and large body type to to see how that, how that it's the to a pose or yeah like i was, the, was, was doing some silly things here it's like how do i fit the arms in on top now that i've gone for the oh the yeah waist um also i imagine all of these look like they're falling over yeah, they, they look like they're falling. <laughs> no i was going to say it's the it's the trend of the big ladies at the moment it's like the the whole resident evil reveal re- recently of the the very tall woman um, I don't know if you've seen the oh i certainly did <laughs> yeah <laughs> <God> damn <laughs> it's the, the simps awesome. are coming out of hiding so it's <laughs> exactly so i'm just looking at this one i'm like oh there's another contender for a big lady one so <laughs> yeah. yeah um yeah like it's i think it's it's definitely interesting where you you're trying to balance that direction of like like too much of this too much of that take away a little bit of this a little bit of that so i could definitely see by the time you got to this one like the third one you're starting to think more clearly about how our you know portions are defined and how our legs look and you know how those arms are held and how the armor kind of trapes over different parts and it, this um, is far more successful than these i mean partly just because it, it could be a warm-up thing as well but right yeah, yeah. it's sort of now I've, I've found the comfortable balance of of where do mm-hmm. i fit the big forms because here right. it's like do i just squish everything into the into the top which could be a nice right. way to yeah. do that like you know uh big medium small thing but it yeah, felt like it, it was then difficult to make anything look like it was actually articulate. Yeah. So then, for you, would you take this design now and try and iterate on that, or would you take this now into like full color? Would you start to dive into like rendering this out? I think I would take this and fiddle with it a bit more because I think there's there's more I can do with it. Right at the moment. Yeah. The other thing is, I typically would I think it'll be fun to to do this in a pose that isn't uh, flat. So I've kind of gone for a almost orthographic view for those designs to, to work out right. what I wanted with them. Yeah. And it would be fun now to to do something that's, that's more dynamic. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. Like something that you, you see that Evan will do, uh, Evan Amundsen, like the way he yeah. approaches pretty much every character is to, to amp up the perspective on them. Cause it, it gives you that feeling like you're standing in front. Uh, imagine. Right. I'm standing here and I'm, I'm looking up at the top of their head and I'm looking down at their feet. And right. if you were standing back here, then you know you you have much less uh, of that angle difference. And so right. just the way that you present your character makes you feel like you're up close or, or far away from them. Yeah. Um, you know that could be something you actually leverage to try and 
communicate their some some aspect yeah. of them. I mean, maybe this it makes sense for this lady to be just off in the distance because nobody parties with her. But also, if we yeah. wanted to get that like that feeling of of the forms, like what what is it like mm-hmm. to actually be near this person? Then or under a boot heel or you know her standing on you or yeah well that's it i mean i've, I've gone for this up angle here and perhaps <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah it's already had we're joking re- we're joking really but that is quite dynamic so <laughs> yeah it's like that already has the spectrum you could just like i mean i'll, I'll make enough, a yeah. bit of this first but you could just emphasize that and that could be my post i could actually keep the horizon at the bottom but just um yeah really... i almost see like it's a thing where like you could even put it where she's got like her foot on something like a treasure or like, you know, the, like the, the cane or the, the staffs behind her back with the gem kind of going, like, you know, like the whole, like the hero pose, traditional hero pose, you know, like foot on the conquered thing and yeah, you know, the weapon cool. in the back, the, 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 the journey has now ended. She's now, you know, won the fight. So, um, yeah, there's definitely, it's, it's fun actually when you do these kind of things, cause then the ideas just start flowing out your head. You're like, Oh yeah, what about this? And now we can have like a big, dead thing on the ground yeah like a dead dragon or lizard or something or yeah lizard man maybe like the hunt yeah, <laughs> yeah. This looks like a this looks like a budget venom <laughs> <laughs> i mean essentially this is this is more like uh i suppose less concept but it's more just like a like a splash image now almost it's like a yeah yeah, I know what you mean. An interesting one, actually, because, yeah, there's... I think at the moment I'm I'm doing a bit more stuff kind of like this when I design characters mm-hmm. at work because it's, mm-hmm. it allows you to communicate more, essentially, at once. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. And that's... I mean, this, in, in the end, this is probably what they'll be used in anyway. If you're doing some kind of promo art or something, like, this will be the, the thing you'll be looking to establish, so, yeah. Exactly. And something which, uh, you know, again, just coming back to the nice like collaborative feeling of rather than you're designing for for a project that's sort of outside of uh well essentially your workplace um because yeah, cool. i i can talk to the the 3d artists um, that that may take a character like this on um right you know they can say yeah actually my preference is to to see a character that's basically in perspective and like in a cool pose because it gives me a better idea of what what they're about all that kind of stuff and right they then they're artists too. Going back to the whole, like everyone wants to be a concept artist and sort of forget the the 3D artist jobs or things like that. <laughs> they they are hugely responsible for making a a model look good. Like you can't right. just rely on a concept for for the modeling to to turn out good. Um, they are putting yeah. a ton of artistry into how they design shapes. But in 3D, it's like you know it's a whole extra dimension that we don't have to think about as much. And um, I mean. I was going to say, I think people always do this thing where they say, you know, about concept is the hardest job or the the hardest to, you know, but like every aspect of the pipeline is a, diff- like even producers have a difficult job, right? Like, you know, like absolutely, ev- everything takes an effort, everything takes time and concentration and planning and, you know, practice and, you know, uh, 3D especially, like you said, you know, the author graphics do so much, but then you still have to interpret that in a model, you know, that, that looks believable, that looks fleshed out, that, you know, has the layering with the clothing, with the weapons. So um, environment artists, just the same, you know, I think it's it's getting into this idea that, you know, I definitely have came across students who've said like, oh no, well, 
I can't do drawing as well or concepts. So I'll just do 3D because that's or 3D environment because that's easier. Mm. And I'm like, well, that has its own complexity also. Like, you know, the technical aspect of learning those programs is in itself a task. You know what I mean? So mm. um I think yeah. to some extent that, that could also stem from the fact that um like my my take on on all of these things is that I mean concept isn't the hardest job to do the 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 best work by any discipline is the hardest work to do because um naturally in any discipline the person who's doing the best job is working the hardest generally so it's like you know I feel producer work must be incredibly difficult especially if you're doing it well um mm. you know so sort of leading on from from that i think it's just that the concept work is maybe the easiest to share and uh appreciate at a glance and so you get this impression that there's so much excellent concept work maybe maybe more so than you see of 3d stuff because it's very hard to appreciate um yeah all of the complexity in a 3d model as quickly Mm -hmm. as you can um something in 2d yeah i mean definitely i mean some of the stuff that that Rich was doing back in Creative Assembly was 3D stuff. I mean, was stuff that, like you said, you know, it's and it's no by no means easy. You know, and it's no means easier than concept. It's like you know those jobs have their own complexity, but um, it's probably like you said, it's less seen. You know, people will play something like the Total War series that Creative Assembly made, and uh, no realize that those tiny little units, like every single one of those units, had to be modeled, you know, and rigged and animated and pushed out the other end uh for the for the game and uh but then the stuff you see is like oh the cover's really cool or like you know the the poster art for you know whatever was the advertisement that was really awesome and um or you, you know you get the art book and you look through the drawings and you're like oh those are really cool you know you're not seeing the the detailed you know 3d turnarounds or you know the, the guys who spent you know all that time building those massive landscapes with those massive buildings. Um, mm. So it's like, yeah, it's, that's why I think concept is is the thing people go to because it's the most, I mean, art books especially. That was definitely why I left my job way back was the fact that, you know, I think the first proper art book I got was a Skyrim art book. Right. And uh, just going through that, I was like, oh, wow. Like, I never knew, you know, like the people give the old one, like, oh, I never knew this was a job. I never knew people could get paid to do this. Mm. Um and then I started buying stuff like Jim Lee's books, you know. Um, ah, yeah. So it's like, it's like, yeah, it's, that stuff is definitely more at the forefront of the artistic public side of it. You know, like the people who buy games, like that's the stuff they see the most of is the 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 concept art, quote unquote concept art stuff, hmm. um, which more or less is always promotional art. So yeah, yeah, and, and there's the element of like you could just say yes, the concept art this design more or like you know in terms of assets in the game they touch more in terms of like the production pipeline because they do a faster job on uh more things than a 3d artist would whereas they you know a 3d artist will spend a much longer time on a single character um therefore you need more of them and they touch fewer parts of the project and so you can kind of see that that's also this strange misunderstanding coming from that which is just like yes the concept artist may be responsible for more things but um also in a way none of their work actually makes it into the game not in a pure form right um, it all goes through someone else and so yeah yeah it's, i mean it depends well, on the project as well because sometimes there will be promotional art that's done with 3d models character models so it can be done you know it definitely is i mean i know some guys like Rafa Gazzetti who are 
are doing almost concept stuff now where their 3D modeling characters so quick they can pose them and do them as as a 2D image. You know, it's more like mm. they're setting that up now. Um, but like, yeah, it's, it, it's a thing where it's like you said, it seems, you know, concept seems to be the cool job. It seems to be the one all the, the kids want to do and the one that's probably most recognizable. But um, yeah, there's some, there's some fucking talented character arts out there. Absolutely. Uh, bringing, bringing speed into it. There's also just um, like on YouTube, the speed paint thing versus a, and to be honest, speed sculpts as, as well are really satisfying to watch. But I think the speed painting thing is the, the most easily consumable. And if you're just thinking about the most sort of clickbaity content, content of it, yeah. At the beginning of a sculpt, I think a lot of people are just like, "Oh, it's just technical stuff. I, I don't know what's going on." Um, yeah. And you know the part where they then perhaps go in and start UV mapping stuff. You're like, eh, "I don't want to watch this boring." <laughs> but like the whole time, to read apologize stuff. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The whole time someone's rendering a piece, sketching and then rendering and coloring or whatever. Yeah. It's all sort of like uh, an exciting addition. So I can understand why people just, in general, find watching that kind of stuff more interesting. A bit more appealing. Yeah. And, you know, that's where I got a lot of that hype for, for wanting to do anything in the entertainment industry was just watching uh, these... This big pain stuff, videos. yeah. What's, uh, talk me through the, the clothing for a second. Is this is this a kind of go-to for you? I know I'm seeing the frilly stuff, but I definitely have seen a lot of your characters wear a lot of this kind of, or, or similar kind of design aspects. Is that something that you've kind of honed on it's interesting. From years of getting on, or yeah, because there's stuff that I just find appealing, or like that that comes naturally, and I, I can't immediately think of like alternatives either. So you know, right? Example that there's a, there's something which I feel myself fall into the trap of, which is you you study anatomy so that you can make appealing anatomy, and then you find that when you design your characters, um, you know, I, I'll design I'll design a body shape or something. It's like mm-hmm. in a cool pose. And once I found my pose and it's like doing something interesting, mm-hmm. I'm just like, well, you know, now I've got all these nice shapes, you know, I want to show the, the, the nice waist or something and the nice hips. So I design clothing around it that's like, well, I can cover up with a shoulder or I could like add some right. things onto the feet and then maybe like a thin loopy belt around here so we can still see the shape underneath, um, right. <laughs> you know, and, and now I've designed a character that shows off like the anatomy underneath as much as possible. And right. Even here, like I've, I've ended up doing that um, because, yeah, I'm like the anatomy is the thing that I kind of want to show the most. I could have designed right. it so that there was like really heavy, um, like a big skirt or something going over everything, or just like right. bang yeah. houses. and that would have been cool. And I, it would still be a, a potential viable option, but um, right, if there was too much baggy stuff just kind of like folding over. Despite hate being, silhouette almost. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Despite being more original, perhaps um, it does hide the yeah the um, the anatomy of the character. And so mm-hmm. I'm aware that this is something that I will sort of fall into the trap of. It is possibly quite restrictive uh, when it comes to how I design. Yeah. I mean, I love it. Like, I think it's really working. I'm just I'm just keen to know why that's mm. something you kind of default to or fall into. Yeah, and, and and that would be the reason. It's kind of like if you put in the larger details that change the silhouette, you want to do them in a way that preserves that nice character. Uh, yeah. Like a anatomy silhouette underneath. Yeah, definitely. So I think that would be, yeah. would be the main thing. Beyond that, I like it when, you know, you cover certain bits up with like big baggy clothing, like on arms, I think it's always fun to see that. 
there's a lot of te- you tend to almost mix like nature with it as well there's a lot sometimes in your drawings you get a lot of like floral patterns or stuff that abides to nature you know the, the kind of naturistic uh clothing stuff it's definitely yeah something actually, i think i've seen in yeah yeah especially with uh with fantasy because it makes it makes so much sense that you can mix in all of that um natural yeah. feeling and yeah in, in a lot of these cases i find that nature just has a, a very beautiful flow to it that um yeah you can incorporate and it doesn't it doesn't feel ridiculous like um if, a lot of repeating patterns and stuff like that Mm, exactly so like just these these like plates coming down here this kind of almost samurai like uh armor uh, that's made up of lots of little pieces um instead of keeping those like completely flat you know i could have this little flat um uh, piece and i could have them very stiff and overlapping and that would give me maybe this strong and um uh i, I don't know how to describe it but it could give you this f- this feeling of it being impenetrable and strong and like perfectly interlocking and all that kind of thing. Uh, But in in this case, I've gone for like almost like these cute little uh, petal-like shapes, you know, leaves would never um, grow completely flat. Like um, I've already made this (laughs) more curved than it should be. Like a leaf is always going to have this, this slight sort of curve to it with the center lines offset. Yeah. And you have this curve over it. You don't get, like perfectly symmetrical flat leaves that grow straight like this. It just looks unnatural. Um, and so this, this, this would add the man-made uh, feeling if I wanted it. But in this case, I think it's, it just feels a bit more lively when, when you add yes. this extra curve to it. So certainly something I yeah. do <clears throat> because I may have, I may have done mostly um, uh fantasy stuff recently like i don't think i've done much uh in in sci-fi mm. over the past few years and it's interesting because i think i did more sci-fi than not when i started out it's just right it's all work that is no longer on my art station because i've hidden it <laughs> yeah the older stuff <laughs> yeah. Deleted it, yeah so what was the what was some of the defining projects you felt were were some of your key moments at amahawk when you were there because they obviously they get their, their hands on a lot of different stuff mm. um was there anything more particular that you can remember that was was more exciting or something that you were you were definitely like more uh into when you were working there so the thing that was probably the most engaging even if it was potentially the most infuriating was uh the first project cards on it was we were working on it for about half a year maybe maybe three quarters and it was the right. cinematic stuff for the walking dead game that overkill and starbreeze were making right so yeah that that game unfortunately had a very very troubled development cycle i feel for all the developers that were uh having to make it yeah went through various engine switches um seemed like there was a lot of incompetence in the management and uh yeah they ended up like raiding the company because there was like insider trading going on and stuff the police raided and oh god yeah it was it was a big mess anyway on, on our end, we were just uh, stuck with a constantly changing story um, and you know, trying to make these illustrated uh, uh, cutscene uh, things that would then be animated into sort of this 2.5D animation. Right? right. Tell the story of the game as it happens. Yeah. I really enjoyed that because there was a lot of like, we had a world, we had characters that we wanted to show sort of developing and like preserving exactly what sort of personality they'd have and how that interact mm-hmm. with the scene. So it, it had that extra depth to it, which was which was nice. And then nice. it it was it was like a photo bash 
sort of feeling in that it was um we were going for photo real but with like a painterly feel and uh first that meant like yeah photo bashing first and then painting to um to, to yeah to get that feeling over the top and, and i enjoyed that process too that's something very satisfying about it even though again i haven't actually done it so much recently great interesting you yeah, maybe the, i was going to say maybe fantasy is you're just gonna, you're going to go to is something that you're maybe more naturally keen to Mm. it's it's interesting that like i will still use photos it's just i suppose now i go for an aesthetic where i just hide the use of them um right so on this for example i may bash in something to get this to get like an intricate intricate pattern started on this uh what's the brief say it was a ancient ancient gemstone gauntlet yeah here we go um right yeah but but i will paint over it to the extent that you just can't tell um yeah, yeah, and and it's really just a workflow yeah, at that point. It's it's a I can speed it up with with using this uh, this technique, so I might as well. Yeah, yeah. I think people always get this uh, this shooting aspects always like yeah, or the photo stuff or the three D stuff's cheating. But then it's like when you're in a production cycle, when you're working to that extent so quickly, you know, time is of the essence constantly. So um, whatever tool allows you to to give the best result the quickest sometimes is, is and then i think that's also where people get confused with the concept stuff is like speed is like the main goal whereas the main goal isn't speed it's just that you know you have to be quick in a sense because obviously you're working to a deadline but you know speed is something that will come more through just practice and natural ability you know like mm. you know you'll get to a point with your drawing at one point where like you don't really have to think about drawing an arm you know you've drawn you've drawn enough arms in your life that you know how it's it's going to look but you know it's it, the speed isn't something you should focus on initially. It's always the quality of what you're drawing, right? You should always focus on the, Absolutely. yeah, the overall. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really good thing to, to sort of reiterate, I think, because uh, it's, it's often forgotten. Um, yes. Especially because yeah, you watch things labeled as speed paints and, and that's always yeah. a strange misnomer because it's, it's a sped up painting is mm-hmm. how I understand speed paint to be uh, used. Like, in, in the context of YouTube, you know, they'll put a video up and call it a speed paint, but it's it's because they've sped it up in post versus like yes. speed painting groups on Facebook and stuff where the whole point is that you spend 30 minutes like um sketching something out. Sketching yeah. something, yeah. It's it's a strange one. I think it's it confuses a lot of people and perhaps leads to this feeling that the stuff that they see um being done in a in a YouTube video is not all that it's happening real time that would be silly but like that it is still happening within a couple of hours versus you know a few days of work yeah yeah definitely i mean that's even some people you know some people can spend on one illustration or one painting something like 40 to 50 hours and people are always like that's like a whole week and i'm like well yeah that's sometimes it takes that long (laughs) yeah that's why i release a piece of artwork every like month instead of every day every day yeah I mean, the Inktober stuff you were doing was really awesome. Like, I was following that, and that was really cool. Um, oh, even seeing yeah. the process behind that. So, yeah, they were that, really good. And that was tough because, yeah, yeah. like, you, you every have to day. try and fit that in every day amongst everything else that you're, you're trying to do. Yeah. And bit of a nightmare. So, but I think it's all relevant as well. I think, like, you know, I remember at the, the ZBrush Summit, I remember um, Scott Eaton was talking about a thing he noticed where students would say a sculptor for instance on a piece would say you know how long did that take you and he was like it always feels like the most irrelevant question ever because 
you know, if somebody says, oh, that took me, you know, it took me five hours, people will be like, all right, great. So I need to do that in five hours now. You know what I mean? Like, if you're mm. not on the level of the person you're asking, then the question is kind of redundant because, you know, what takes them five hours might take you five days. You know, like exactly. it just, it depends. So, um, the other yeah, thing that I find strange about it is the, like, there's, there's, there's like a real value in actually having the patience to spend a lot of time working on something. I may be biased here because like you said, like most administrations are at the sort of 40 hour mark, at least the things that are on um, our station, they're like 40 to 60 hours, I guess. Um, right. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's what I, I find I enjoy doing is, is delving deep into illustration, making it like yeah. polished or perfect everywhere. Uh, so, you know, that, if anything, that's, that's a good thing. Like if, if I said, oh no, I did it in 10 hours. It always devalues it. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> in a strange way. And I'm like, well, no, I'm quite proud that it took that amount of time. You know, that's how I managed to yeah. this result that I wanted. Um, I think it's just when you fall in love with the process, time is irrelevant, right? It's not something that you're ever focusing on. Um, it's almost like a, you know, like I have heard people answer it. Like um, I'm trying to think of, like even like Sean Silvestri, I mean, I know of people have sometimes asked him, like, oh, you know, how long did that take? And you're like, oh, I don't know, like a hundred years or something like that. But he's almost saying, like, why are you asking? Like, what what relevance is that to the piece? You know, like, sure, it took me this amount of time, and that's good to probably know. But like, the time wasn't the aspect I was focusing on. It was the finish. It was the the piece itself. You know, what I mean, like, mm-hmm. like you said, it's 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 a labor of love, and it's something you fall in love with. You you, you know, you that's probably why you have to love it so much, right? It's because when you're on hour 38 and you know you've got like, you know, four or five hours to go, you know, you've got to have that determination to keep pushing right till the end um, because a lot of the paintings, you know, yourself come alive in like the last maybe 10%. So it's like you have to have that drive to keep pushing yourself um past yeah, you, the, you really need to yeah. want to and and something that you know i i find like i feel it is this sense that i i know it's it's largely done and also none of these like changes at this point are necessarily even going to make much difference but i still yeah. want to do i want to change this thing i notice something like okay i need to just quickly work on that and i notice something else yeah okay i need to work work on that it's always a tough one then it's like when do i call this finished i can keep adjusting yeah and um you know, like day to day, I'll prefer one per scheme over another. Um, mm. But yeah, it's it's really this sort of this irrational passion, I suppose, that you can't really describe or or teach. Mm-hmm. Someone has to find the thing that they love enough that they stop thinking about how long they're spending on something. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. Of course, like yes. how that fits into a professional context is different because uh, yeah, if you are in we a have studio, deadlines for a reason, yeah, yeah, exactly. In a studio, you just need to make sure that you're not falling behind on like tasks that are given you. In freelance, it's even more important that you are disciplined with like you show them maybe a finish that you're you're going to uh, apply to the work, and you need to make sure you don't work over that because otherwise you're just like literally paying yourself less. Um, yeah. Because in, in any freelance like position, you're basically setting your day or your hourly rate either by how much you charge per piece or just mm-hmm. how quickly you get the work done. Yeah. You know, they a, a client can't tell whether you set a day rate of like 
400 or something, but then only spent half a day on it. If it looks like you spent a full day on it, then that passes. Um, but if you accidentally spent two days on it, then they're not going to say, oh, you know, this looks like it's spent longer, so we'll pay you a bit more. <laughs> um, you know, that's that's never going to happen. So yeah, yeah, yeah. early on your head to, to, to be careful with that. To do that, yeah. But then it's also the thing where, like, I remember someone talking about this at an initial workshop's talk, and they were like, it's one thing they find with a lot of young students is that they don't approach like every single piece as their best work. You know, like even though you'll say to yourself, well, I'm only getting paid X, Y, or it's only for this project. Like some of the more competent guys I've seen or the guys who rise to the high ranks make it a point so that every single thing they work on is always their best piece. Like they always try to give 150% on whatever they're working on because, you know, it's attached to their name. It's something that they're going to have to live with probably the rest of their life. So, you know, you always want to make sure that whatever you're working on, whatever you're drawn is going to be the best it can be because you don't want to half-ass stuff, right? You don't want to, you think, oh, it's only a client for this much and they're only payment and this much. You know, that's how you get more work. That's how you get the professional reputation is that everything you work on exactly. is to a high standard. So it's, it's showing that you're reliable, you know, you can, you can yeah. the work that's required. Yeah, and and so far I have I haven't worked freelance, so I can't. I, I sort of understand the principles that I'd need to be aware of, um, but I can't right. speak from experience yet. So yeah. to caveat what I just said. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. But then, uh, so are you going to are you going to try and and color this or our ads? Oh yeah, well, uh, how, how, where are we at time wise? Um, I've, you, I mean officially on the timer we've got 36 minutes um but if you needed more time we can extend or or, or i mean i i like you know. the idea that i i will work and see what see what i get at the end of that yeah what you get at the end of it yeah yeah, yeah. so i'm just gonna yeah we're, we're at we're at the 36 minute mark just now so or as in 36 minutes left so cool 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 yeah um i shall stop noodling and, and i shall start to <laughs> that, I think that's why I brought it up because I was kind of like I don't know I don't know how far you want to take this <laughs> this, this, this illustration so yeah because it's very easy uh, to, to settle into just like yeah I'm enjoying switching out the bag rendering out this yeah, yeah. yeah I almost I almost didn't want to say at one point because I knew you were you were digging the the finicky stuff so yeah it's it's, yeah. it's like you said though you can get lost in that stuff you can sit there you know for days sometimes you know just noodling on a boot or a, or an arm guard or especially when you're having a conversation at the same time because uh to some extent yeah. you you yeah part of your brain is is completely distracted so maybe the part yeah. that's thinking about you know how quickly you need to get work done or, or that kind right. of analytical side of things is it's just shut off it's it's concentrating on having something interesting to say yep okay yeah. this is this is the challenge and, and part of the challenge also right because you're trying to facilitate a conversation because so people don't just sit and stare at a screen without any audio for an hour. But at the same time, yeah, absolutely. You don't, you know, you're you're having to focus on like, oh god, right, I've, I need to do this and then I need to do this thing, and so yeah, it's. Uh, I'm aware a lot of people, and I've I've had a bit of experience with this myself because I've done some streaming. Um, right, they they find that they they don't do their best work when they're streaming because, um, right, at least from a design point of view, they're not thinking, they're not thinking to essentially do their best work. They're kind of. Right, relying yeah. on stuff that they know to, to fill in gaps instead of questioning every choice they make, which for me would be the, the way to you know achieve, achieve greatness. You have to question yes. everything 
like every time I perhaps put the ears in like this, I just put them in flat to the camera, you know, just straight on. Something that could have been much more interesting might have been like, you know, one ear's cocked up. That could have been a more interesting part. Right. I'm only able to think about it now because I'm also talking about it at the same time. But yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that level of scrutiny to, to every part in, in your image is, is often an important one. Yeah. And something that you kind of forget. Because at the weekends, I will, I will spend a lot of time just chatting to people in Discord. And, um, one of, yeah. yeah, one of the problems with that is that I'm not as productive. Because you, <laughs> you feel you feel that you're not being productive when you spend an hour and your illustration just looks like a slightly different version of what you had before versus right. finished version. Um, right, yeah. The other problem is a reason why I got up late today is just that it's very easy to just chat and chat, especially when people are in the Yeah, like it's five in the morning and you're still drawing stuff. And, yeah, because yeah, like there's always someone online to talk to and uh, that's, right. not, that's not the case when you're working like... Uh, when you're like when you're uh, what's it called your social quota has been filled by uh, seeing people during the day and you don't feel right to talk in the evening like at the moment i may be a, i may just work on my own during the day and then i start filling up that sort of social need in the evening and then it's great right. to just keep going keep going late into the night yeah i feel you yeah i mean this is uh i think in general that there's a lot of the brief that's met here and i think it's it's there's a lot of stuff that's working and it's, it's a really awesome piece. I think it's, it's it's one of these things where, you know, it's always interesting to see where you start and where you finish. Um, I mean, obviously you've still got your, your half an hour to go, but, you know, I mean, it's it's always just weird to see that process unfold in real time because I think it's something that is definitely lacking, especially online, is the whole, like, taking something from right to the start to right to the end mm. and, uh, and seeing how that develops i mean i know there's a few i forget the name of this no the school or the thing that just started in europe it's like cg i know spirit yeah no it's the the, the spirit doing it he's yeah yeah. he's doing the thing where it's yeah i was about to bring that up because tomorrow i believe i think it's tomorrow season three releases and i have right in it um so I, i will be i'll be pushing that on various uh channels because I'll, I'll be posting the artwork i made during it nice and because it's because it was a little more dedicated towards uh that task it was also around right task. um i i will go in i go in quite deep on like the design thoughts like the process of thinking out what to right what to include what not to so i mean if you're right, interested cool. in that i <laughs> nice. i hope i can i can recommend my one as as <laughs> the same sort of material um Yes, yeah. Which is going to be intimidating, obviously, because you've got guys like Evan and everyone else. That's, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's good to be uh, yeah. But I'd like to listen to those. I haven't actually had a chance to listen to Evans yet. I'd imagine it would be stellar. <laughs> so all this stuff is yes. the way he like reasons through work is is fantastic. It's just yeah knowledge on stuff as well because. He's constantly consuming like historical information, and um... yeah, it's funny when you meet Evan sometimes because I remember when I first met him. It's like the guy's just like so happy go lucky and very talkative, and you know, uh, just seems like such a, a cool dude. And and uh, you never realize beneath this posterior that he kind of puts on there's there's this the guy who does this intricate, incredible, detailed, historical accurate work. It's like you know, it's he's uh, he's definitely kind of got two sides to him, so. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of it's this intimidating level of like precision or not precision, but like uh, attention to detail, I suppose. Right. Yeah. It's like he's a beast, but you know he, he presents as like this this just friendly guy you can chat to. Happy go lucky, yeah, yeah, like almost kind of the, the fool, like almost just like clowns about all the time. But <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. he's uh, he's uh, he's just such a, a good dude. But yeah, it's like which is a good quality in somebody who's a really awesome artist because it makes it so much more approachable to students and, and younger kids, you know, who want to get involved in his streams or you know, because I know he's sitting now with Procreate and you know his art streams and doing them kind of nightly or, or weekly, but um. Yeah, I think that if you've got that, because there is so much of the, the industry, I think that is recluse, that is, um, you know, like that is no as good at the public speaking aspect of it. You know, they can't really hold a conversation well, or mm. you know, they don't know how to kind of talk to, to students or kids to make them understand or listen. But I think Evan's got that real unique balance between being really uh, fixed on his job as a, as an artist, but also can hold a really good conversation with with students and, and people in the industry and, and be very coherent about what he says so yeah he has um, the entertainment factor as well like that's why yeah. I love about his talks they just have an infectious energy um yeah that Ian McKay has as well like this it really makes you want to just like you you're torn between like I want to keep listening but also like I want to run off and, and start drawing um yeah it's always fun because like I get that energy from a lot of conventions as well. You'd spend like a few days just getting more and more hype to go and do your own thing again. Um, yeah. But you also want to stay and, and chat to all the artists that you haven't met yet. And... I mean, Ian especially, like, Ian's one of those guys as well who just like, I mean, he, he always says it like he feels like he was born without that piece of human anatomy, which makes you like grumpy sometimes. Like he just is, like Carlo Ortiz says the same, like you just you always meet Ian and he's always in a good mood. He's always positive. Mm-hmm. Um it's like you always struggle to think how do, in this especially in this type of world, like how do you do that? But like he just seems to have it down to an absolute T about, you know, never really getting upset or never really I mean he gets frustrated definitely, but like, you know, because if you try to, you know, work on a design or, or something, you know, there is an aspect of like how to approach this, but he just always seems to be in a good mood and it's um mm. it's annoying, frankly. It really is. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I try. I th- I feel like in general, it's I'm I'm possibly less aware of it than other people around me would be. Um, right. I, they they would probably describe me as even more positive on stuff. But I I'm looking mm. for like the positive spin on things. And I was describing this in a particular design scenario the other day, where you know I had to change something. I had to like change the lighting scenario uh, from what I felt would have been really cool to something which actually made sense. And so, you know, that was a sh- that was a shame. It felt like, oh, well, you know, you you could lose your energy, or you could lose the sort of um, push to really work on a piece when that happens. But yeah. the the sort of the, the remedy to that is to go, okay, yeah, but what can I do now that I couldn't do before? Like, what's the new potential for this piece now that I've just switched this lighting around? Um, and it's you know, it seems simple, but it's it's that kind of like. You just you just ignore what what you've left, what you've lost, and you you find uh, like essentially a new positive, um, something that makes you get get excited again. So, for example, if I had a, a backlight on this character, I was like, that's going to be really cool because of the rim light and all this. Stuff. Mm. I can have some fun color on the hair, and then for whatever reason, I can't have that. And it links into maybe like a client sometimes when you're working with them, they say, "No, nah, you can't have this." Well, now I have to have a, a light from above. 
and that feels right. dull and boring but actually uh, now i can get some like really cool bright highlights or something on on this metal here and i can like right. pop this out for example and it's that yeah. new that's my like uh, payoff it's, it's a shame i didn't have that before but you know now i can i can do something else with this i could like yeah. do a fun shadow across the the eyes instead and like finding these new it's like opportunities is it feels like looking for the positive in any situation which i absolutely recommend <laughs> yeah it's, it's i mean it's, it's like uh it's, it's, I think it's just not taking yourself too seriously, right? It's like the aspect of, you know, it's a job, it's an industry, it's a business to make money, but then you still have to, you know, hold on to some kind of humanity, right? You have to have some kind of fun with your work or some kind of aspect that, that keeps you engaged because, you know, if all you focused on is the deadlines and how hard it is to make, you'd never, you'd never draw anything. I mean, like you'd constantly be... In this like recluse position, you know, <laughs> this yeah, you're, position you're on the ground. everything, yeah, yeah. Um, in fact, that's something which I don't, I can't necessarily say too much on this point. But I actually, I felt like I really struggled with knowing what to do when I was studying. Like, what do I do next? Right. Was always the question in my head that I, I felt like I was never able to answer. And, right. Um, the thing that I've, the sort of conclusion I've come to now, you know, having made that portfolio that got me that my first job was uh, mm -hmm. it didn't it, it really didn't matter um right like it was uh, specifically in this case because i was uh, applying to a, an outsource company like the the range was actually ideal that like you did right. focus on one thing but the important part was that it was it was entirely the quality of the work because what became immediately apparent was that nothing i did at the studio was anything like i had done before so, right. you know, of course, it didn't matter at all what I had drawn previously because it didn't help me. Uh, what helped me yeah. was just, uh, like, the adaptability, the ability to, to uh, go It's just having the experience in your craft, I think. It's just having the right... Because, I mean, I was watching Evan one night and he talked about... Somebody had asked him, you know, because he usually gets the basic questions over and over again. But somebody had asked him again, oh, how would you study? How would you approach if you had to learn a game? Mm -hmm. And he was like, honestly, man just focus on your fundamentals and he's like and then he was like but then it's like it's weird like i never really realized that until like you know i was doing it that like it doesn't matter how much you prep or focus or try to plan like really just sitting down and doing the work constantly is the thing that will get you better like you can plan about like oh, i'm going to study this i'm going to study that but like physically just sitting and drawing for like 10 hours a day will get you so much further yeah. um it, it really just it really comes down to just doing it every day um yeah anything that's yeah. preventing you or slowing you down from doing is is like a problem yeah because people get caught in the in the planning phase too much right like oh i'm, I'm going to plan to do this course or i need to get my books together or I, need, or I need to buy this book and have it get delivered to my house before i can open my sketchbook like or i need to get the right sketchbook right and you get the one that's a4 and has the good cover and you know like there's so many excuses you can <laughs> no, put no, in front i don't of want to draw in it because it's too like yeah clean. Yeah. yeah, I still have that problem with sketchbooks of like not uh, yeah. to spoil them. Or, or... one of my friends done that in my in my class. I was I was terrified about drawing in a sketchbook, and he said, "Oh, like, can I see that for a second? And he just got a massive big sharpie and just drew right across the first two pages. I was like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> you doing? You'll, you'll thank me later. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, he was like, "There you go. You can draw it." And I was like, "Oh, fuck!" <laughs> 
but he's right like like putting pen to paper was the thing that was the te- the most terrifying right it was mm. the thing that was holding me back and it's the same with people with 3d model and it's like oh i didn't i don't even know how to work zbrush i'm like well open it and start literally pressing buttons like there's probably no quicker way <laughs> to learn how to do something like yeah. the same with photoshop as well like people get intimidated by like menus or buttons or and i'm like well, you really just need the brush tool essentially just open it and pick the brush tool and you're, you're halfway there you know what i mean so oh yeah uh, that was a thing that i wasn't gonna like harp on too much but uh so far i've just done, done everything with the round brush i intend to do everything with the round yeah brush. well that was that's also a good point because people have talked about that a bit like oh, what brush pad do you use and it's like you know if you can limit yourself to maybe even two colors in a round brush like you're already making half the decisions for you you know what i mean so it's like yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I, I, it's interesting because uh, at the moment it's always fun to sort of go back to that meme of like, what brush do you use? And <laughs> the antithesis of that is why well, I use the round brush. So, you know, yeah. Um, but it's it feels like one of the most stable and useful tools of all the brushes because oh, yeah. exactly how it's going to work um, mm-hmm. far better than anything else. And so it's it's strange that. It's it's a totally ironic like yeah I I I need the round brush I can't not use that like it's yeah there's a whole Facebook group and I think it is just round brush and it's oh, like yeah. they just make pieces with round brushes all the time there's no other brush allowed you know so that's great um yeah. and it's like limited palettes as well right when people are always like oh you know well, Photoshop has twenty five bajillion colors in its palette and I'm like right well cool just pick two just pick <laughs> a, ye- a yellow and a brown or something and then go to town like you don't have to use every color on the palette yeah just take so, all the rest <laughs> yeah basically so so color wise as well because we're kind of maybe diving into a little bit of color theory here but like where's your thinking on this also Landon um I I t- I like the gold purple combo. Um, right, done it for a little bit, so I was like, I think I can, I can do this because I know I will find it appealing. Um, right. In this case, for me, it works nicely because the the jade, which is the thing I'm going to sort of give the most material definition, uh, is there. Right. Uh, it, it matches nicely. I, I don't know what the color theory would be exactly on that front. Like, right, a, yeah, yeah, a split complementary or something like that. Not really. Right, yeah. uh, the color theory is a weird one because you talk about sort of needing to learn it and like yeah of, of everything it's the thing i have feel i have actually done the least learning on but understand the most intuitively um, i think sometimes it just has come down to experience and feel as well right sometimes you just look at a color scheme and think that does work because yeah. it just looks good you know what i mean it's like even when people talk about like zbrush for instance and making 3d characters you know people get caught up in like oh, i need to learn substance and i need to learn blah, blah. and i'm like if you can just be good at sculpting to a point where it's professional a lot of the other stuff you can learn in studios you know like they'll take the time to maybe walk you through stuff like substance or you know how to you know intro yourself to texturing but if your base level sculpting is good mm. uh, everything else will kind of and it's the same way like drawing right if your draftsmanship for 2d drawing is at a very high standard you can almost kind of sometimes you know no dodge but you can maybe not focus so much on the other stuff you know like um, like your color stuff like you said you know if your anatomy is solid you know if your perspective is amazing then you know you can almost get away with you know uh just focusing on those two so absolutely um, yeah, yeah you just don't need the rest like or at least something that having 
being really strong in one area basically implies that you you'll be able to tackle the others when you need to. Um, I think that's the right. thing. Yeah. Like people yeah, yeah. quite easily get a read of whether you're sort of you have this overall competency, which which is very hard to describe, but it, it comes through just when you see a, a well crafted uh, drawing, like just all sketches. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So I'm going to merge these. Uh, and then do this like standard split of, I'll put some of it in the light and then just do a mask to, to separate those bits. Right, cool. Okay, so you're using curves to set your kind of light and shadow, basically. Exactly, yeah. And personally, I always find that I get the best result rather than trying to do like an overlay layer or something. Right. Keeping it 100% editable um, by like being very specific with where I uh, how I how I change the color because I'll change it from mm. here on, but I can color balance it. I can uh, even do like specific colors. Like maybe I I don't like the way that this color looks like in the light, so I can change it um, right with color replace and things like that. Which I I don't find you get the nuance required when you're working uh, with with just a, a layer mode. Right. Interestingly, I think I've actually pushed the the light on this a bit too far, so I'm going to kind of redo that one. I want something that feels somewhat natural. Yeah, I think it's just getting the balance. It's always it's the balance is the the push and pull. It's the the thing you kind of spend the most on at the end. It's like you said, like, we were talking about earlier, you know, the a lot of patents or a lot of ideas in the last 10% kind of come into, you know, view. Mm. Um, it's really that, it's that, it's that 10% rendering at the end that, that really defines, um, you know, what you're looking at. It's uh, absolutely the case with materials too, because, you know, I put in like the rough lighting for, for something like this. And then what makes the jade, for example, look like jade is that I will give it that like sp specific subsurface that it will get. And then mm -hmm. like a highlight to show that it's shiny, and there we go. Yeah. That's that was the information that was actually needed uh, for Jade, rather than yeah, smooth gradients or like uh, any other stuff which might take a lot longer to render. Um, it's always right. interesting to really like try and carve out or to, to understand exactly what is needed for an illustration versus mm. um, what you're putting in because it's kind of comfortable to just render it, <laughs> render at it. Um, Yeah, I'm yeah, it's an interesting that. mix. Yeah, like in the light and dark, it's, it's definitely. Yeah. See, the other nice thing about just doing any sort of, uh, of this, like, split, you, you split the light from the shadow, is that I can go and do a bunch of variations of these to see which one is, is the kind of working well. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting mix of light and dark. Like you said, it's, it's try to find that balance of how the overall composition is working, how the light's reading, and it's it's the, the kind of top-down thing as well. It's, um, yeah, I see what you mean also, but like the whole kind of, you know, if you've only got one kind of top-down, if you've only got one aspect of light, and then it, it's, it can make it a bit less interesting sometimes to to, to, to do, but there is still a dynamism in, in, you know, what you're doing also, because, um, you know, you've, you've definitely got a look that, that is defined by uh, where the sun is.
Yeah, exactly. You just get a different mood from the piece. So it's like I could do a, a pop down like this and see roughly what that looks like. Um, very quickly. It's it's worth like plotting out just to make sure I'm not missing a, a really nice solution that yeah. I would then be like, yeah, because this, this, for example, is a really nice way to pop out the, the leg that's coming towards us yeah. um, and showing how it's different to the one that's staying behind. In fact, because of that, this might be the one that I go for. I was going to say that as looking better. That's definitely more, yeah. Plus, plus I mean, angle. I'd already put in a bit of a background, and and actually, this sort of matches the lighting of the background a little better, even though yeah, yeah, yeah. I was avoiding anything that was too specific. But since it is, it looks like it's midday. Uh, it makes sense. Probably is, yeah, highest in the sun, the, the sky. Yeah, exactly. so apart from the 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 cg stuff that you're doing the kind of course that's coming out the the thing you done with spirit on is there anything else that you're kind of working on just now that's not work related is it you know you got anything else like you're still working avidly on making your pancake videos or <laughs> yeah so I, I would i do have some things i would like to edit together um even just like uh like inktober stuff that i never actually got around to editing into video form Right. Um, there's always stuff I would like to do for for the YouTube, uh, but I have I just keep forgetting to, or yeah. catch myself with other projects first. So um, there's there's a book that again Spiritum was putting together called uh, Codex Obscurus. I was doing a piece right. of that. I think that'll be kickstarted soonish. Um, right. And there's um, PD Totals doing some some stuff that I don't know how much I could necessarily say, but like it's yeah, because stuff's always yeah, so that 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 will happen at some point, and the, these are all things that sort of just distracted me from necessarily doing personal stuff for, for a little bit. Right. Yeah. Um, but most of that is supposed to be coming to an end, so I, I might actually have some free time soon. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, th those pancake videos aren't going to make themselves. If you guys haven't checked out um, Thomas's. Uh, pancake video on his channel you really should it's an experience to watch it <laughs> so yeah that was great fun so as um as lockdown started uh essentially playgrounds was looking for like fun ways to keep people sort of uh, active and and doing f in interesting things at home and they're still doing that it's it's really great they've got like a they brought around like a newsletter and stuff to, to just keep keep the sort of social aspect of things alive um right and in this case, they had uh, set up a, a Master Chef challenge. So you had to make a dish. Um, I forget exactly what the restrictions were. It may have been like a pudding, but um, yeah, it, it was it was to make something that was uh, would impress the judges on its technical skills, creativity, you know, final look, all that kind of stuff. Of course, it couldn't be tasted, <laughs> which seems odd for a Master Chef challenge. But you know, <laughs> code restrictions applied. We couldn't do a tasting session anyway. Um, uh, my girlfriend was over and we, we decided to make this uh, pancake cake where you just layer pancakes on top of each other and halfway through I was like hey you know what I could film some of this and like make a kind of joke um, uh, cooking cooking channel video like in the same sort of style where it's like inspirational cooking video where uh, very easy to watch and all that kind of stuff so I started recording things midway through and at the end had a decent amount of stuff that I could work with. Mm -hmm. So at that point I actually composed a 
that that like soundtrack for it it's it's our voices going like wow amazing tasty and all that kind of stuff just to just to add to the vibe uh it was really fun to make and it was a great excuse to start learning how to use davinci resolve which is a, a just a great free editing tool yeah a video editing tool um and it's, it's always diff- like like you said the sort of getting in and just using something is a much better way to start learning it than watching tutorials and like not really having a clear purpose uh so this time i had i have a purpose and it was a great way to, yeah. to start being comfortable with the tool so that i could then ultimately use it for uh, faster youtube video production yeah uh, that's the we're into the last 10 minutes now nine minutes 30 seconds to be precise so oh okay so that means the countdown has begun the final push so yeah, when I've done this kind of thing, typically it's nice to, you've got like your, your layer underneath, but uh, putting putting the line out onto an overlay or multiply or something, so it's still being affected by the colors underneath uh, just a little bit. Uh, I, I don't think I'll take this to full paint. I can't. Yeah, it's going to be almost impossible to do a full piece in, in 90 minutes, but then it's good to see like where, like you said, where you got to in, in the time. Um, Maybe it'd be worth keeping the line out around then. I was going to say the line art. I'm digging the line art. Like I think it is adding to it. So um. it actually, and this might just be because I was looking at a bunch of his work recently. There's an artist called Ryan Pallet uh, who does this lovely, right. has this lovely style. I think they also, they're like a, a round brush user. Uh, right. It, it gives this like the shape design always remains like sort of at this nice chunky resolution. Like if you think about right. the smallest shape as like the resolution of the shape design, which is an interesting right. concept which I I think I use quite a bit and it's quite helpful. Um, then, yeah, he never really goes smaller than a certain size, a certain sort of shape, pixel, whatever you'd call it. Right, the same yeah. is in this case, like the smallest things here are either a little dot or you know, like the, the size of this nail. And that keeps yeah. the design feeling like sort of coherent. I'm not going and switching between these uh, different levels of design. And, you know, this would work well to uh, sort of read from a distance. Uh, a lot of the details aren't going to just disappear completely when you get further away from the character. So, I think it's interesting though when you throw straight away a limitation in. I think it does it does present some really awesome challenges when you know that like you can only use two colors or you can only use a round brush. Like it, it definitely makes you think differently when you approach pieces, and you're always sometimes pleasantly surprised with the result because uh, you know you never you thought that limitation was going to be a hindrance, but in fact it's actually probably brought out you know, a more defined style or, or you know, some interesting choices that you, you never thought you'd probably make, but you have, so. Um. Yeah, just just using a different brush, like, can be the way to find something unique. Like, you're, you're feeling like, oh, I'm, it's a bit static what I've been doing. I'm kind of, I'm designing the same sort of character or the same sort of a shape. And yes. just switching brushes, like, forces you to do that because you now feel that you actually can't, you can't do what you're doing before. It's no longer comfortable. It it just doesn't look as good with, with this shape of brush. Like yeah. it's, these shapes are all kind of rounded there. They have this nice chunky feel. Um, that's a direct uh, result of using this this brush, or at least I feel it is. Um, yeah. Because these shapes naturally look good when they have the rounded edge of a, a round brush. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the the gemstone kind of thing, on the gauntlet is like you know that'll probably pay off from the fact that you've been able just to design it by a round brush it's like you know you're not putting too much complexity into the shape you're just kind of basically focusing on 
you know, really big shapes, big kind of silhouettes. So it's it's like, yeah, it's it's it does pay off from from being able to use it. So and in this case, it's, it makes sense because the, the the restriction of carving something like this is you can't get that much detail in bits will snap off all that kind of stuff. Right, basically, yeah. There is a yeah, real to constraint to the material, and so um, the shape design that you do needs to match that. Otherwise, it just isn't. Yeah. Or it doesn't feel real. Yeah, it was actually really interesting the, that you went for the jade. Also, it's like it's something that I never really noticed uh, initially in the design. But yeah, it's like a jade in itself is a really interesting material. It's a really interesting source of of power for some people in some cultures. But um, mm. I don't. I think I've actually really ever seen it mostly in a in a kind of goblin fantasy setting. Like it's it's a it's a good interesting mix of I think of of kind of different yeah uh, for me I- fantasy aspects. The thought was that I, I searched like gemstones and it was kind of just typical diamonds and rubies and stuff. And I'm like, eh. Right. I, I I can't morph that into something else because you don't sculpt things out of uh, gems and rubies. Gems and rubies would have to be the adornment on top of a different material. Um, right. You could have a, a metal gauntlet that has gems set into it uh, yeah. versus this where this can become the, uh, the gauntlet because... Uh, it's it's a much more uh, flexible material, yeah, and and that was a really nice <clears throat> that was a really nice thing to be able to do because I could then you know shape it however I liked. I think a lot of mm. inspiration comes from um, uh, Alex Comstad does some fantastic or had had done some fantastic work with, with like um, this material. I think right. some card illustrations like he had these frogs with these beautiful um, jade. Uh, Albert's or something like that, right? Which I really liked. Um, I think you know it's so there's there's always like one place that you see a certain material tackled or a certain shape tackled or something by an artist that sticks in your head as like just a really good example of it. And yeah. you know, this time it was like I this is a great opportunity to try and do try and capture the feeling that I got from his his piece when I, when I saw that. Yeah, however many years ago. Um, yeah, it's it's always interesting to sort of think about where you get where you get sort of imprinted with a certain idea or a certain um, yeah aesthetic. Uh, you're at three minutes thirty. Just to let you know, um, oh. I know the clock is the clock is a ticking. <laughs> Shine on the hair. In fact, now I'm going to I'm going to go above the line up because it will make it easier to just very quickly put in add the highlights and stuff yeah putting highlights in these places i mean it's interesting i think as well that you can always you know you feel like oh god i could always add more but then it's 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 i think it's fun when you end something and you're like right you can't touch it anymore you're like oh god you know it's like <laughs> yeah, you it adds the, yeah there's a great kind of feeling and you, you get it from sketches as well where you're like oh you know the artist like deliberately chose to to put the highlight here but then he didn't put it there to sort of uh <laughs> out. and you know the reality is that oh, around the time running fucking time yeah. but, um, <laughs> it, just just the fact that you can read something you know in that in that different way where it's like it feels deliberate and like a, a very yeah. good choice um it's a great way to think about it because it, it can sometimes prevent you from overworking something that you might have otherwise yeah like, yeah I, I obviously i need to add more detail here yeah or, or something um is this more important than the face? No, I think I'll do some face. Let's do <laughs> two minutes twenty now. 
I think we can just go ahead and just paint on this to make it a little more appealing. Yeah, some lashes, some some uh, some feminine features. Yeah, exactly. You can define that nose a little more. Get a nice subsurf on it. Uh, she needs eyebrows. Yeah, this this part's it's it's interesting. Like uh, you don't get a chance to think about what's the most important thing to add, but yeah. um, you know, just being still being forced to think about like what's actually going to give more uh, read, yeah, yeah, more energy or or more value to a piece at this stage. Yeah. Maybe she could have like a hint of purple on the lips. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. Kind of kind of mini lipstick thing, yeah. Yeah, I think time challenges are something I should probably do more. It's it's very difficult to force yourself to do something like this uh, on your own. But yeah, anytime you do a kind of art challenge with a friend, I think that's that's a great way of like just forcing yourself to do something new. Oh, calling me a friend, Thomas. <laughs> of course. <clears throat> um, yeah, no, it, it's because there's like a purpose to it it feels like you're doing more things yeah. at once there's this uh idea i have a lot of the time of like you want to make things more efficient somehow it's like yeah i want to be able to do more at once because you have such limited time you know in, in, in a day or a week or weekend which is when you get to do whatever you want and yeah. if you if you can do like fun sociable things at the same time as doing creative art things and you're actually leveling up your ability to you know discern what's important what's not in a uh in an illustration like that feels that feels good when you're when you're tackling a ton of stuff at once 10 seconds oh my god let's just put like <laughs> four three two one and the cute rosy cheeks oh. <laughs> all right and there we go done <clears throat> so i will merge that together that's our piece. Fantastic. Round of applause. <laughs> yeah, man, that's looking awesome. That's, that's, that's looking good. Fantastic. Yeah, great. That's really good fun. Yeah, really good. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, I think, even a lot of departure from your usual style as well. I think it's um, it's got its own take, I think, the, the stuff I've seen you done before. So it's, uh, yeah. It's awesome, man. It's really, really, really well done. And of course, you have to sign it also. That's that's the oh, of course. The, TC, the TCK has to go in it somewhere. Yeah, it's always it's always the finished product until when it's got the the signature on it. So yeah, fantastic. That's great. That's awesome. Well, I will definitely put this. Actually, I, I've realized I've done something which which is now bugging me, but I'm guessing I'll have to change it. <laughs> it's a really warm bounce light. Of the grass, yeah, but the grass is a really cool color. But what I want to yeah. do is just is just shift this like this, and then yeah. oh, hold on, that's the wrong way. We'll we'll, uh, we'll give you a pass this time. We'll let you uh, we'll let you adjust some some layers. There we go. It's like that. That makes more sense with the color that's reflecting on the yeah. Maybe not so so yellow. All right, that that'll do. That's 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 what I want changed. That's what I wanted. Yeah, it's all good. It's done. It's done now. So yeah. <laughs>
No, I mean, it, like it's, the time thing's always arbitrary. Like you can you can work on things more if you want to, but like it's it's like you said, it's interesting where you know when you get a time limit when you only get so much time it's like what do you focus on where's the design you know what's working the best you know mm. what's taking it from start to finish from the sketches up until the rendered stuff is like you know how do you define what you're focusing on or how do you define a pose or what piece of clothing is more important than the other and you know where the colors go so i definitely think it's it's uh it's bite-sized enough that people can sit and watch it you know and youtube and and take in most of the information but you know it's uh for you for 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 work-wise this would be like a first pass like that 90 minutes would be like you know like great there's one idea generated i need to come up with maybe you know exactly. four or five more of them so yeah um, it's fun too um i think a lot of the time seeing a process like this from start to finish it, it, i find when i watch uh these like videos it gives me this sort of confidence that i can go and do it myself it, right which I, I don't know whether that's something that I have or mm. like something about my mentality that isn't common. Cause um, I think a lot of the friends I talk to, they have similar feeling and that might just be like, it's a, it's a character, it's a trait more than anything else. And that's why those are the sort of people I gel with because we get excited about things. Um, and yeah, it feels like I get, I get given this confidence to do something, even if, I just watched someone else design something. Which is yeah. Sort of a strange a strange sort of parasympathetic thing, but it's it's great mm. for me. I I find it's really helpful because when I, when I'm feeling like oh I can't tackle this environment, I watch someone else do it and I'm like, "Oh yeah, you know, they're thinking about mid-ground foreground background and I've been focusing on something unrelated or something right. that's already too detailed for the stage of the illustration and with that with that new just sort of like perspective i can go back and, and fix what i wanted so makes a lot of sense it does mm. um and then hopefully obviously it breaks down the process for other people so like you said people who are watching this now can be like oh, okay you know i've seen the whole process it's it's the same even when i was doing some 3d stuff recently it's like you know you think the task is insurmountable and it's really difficult and it's something you can't actually tackle but then of course you watch somebody else do it and you're like oh okay right well i, I know how to do that and i know how to do that but so if i just combine those together i get that output so it's um, mm. yeah it's really interesting well just to say thank you for coming on and giving up your time a um, pleasure yes yeah, i think it's really cool what you're doing just uh, it's i think i would like to try some sort of interviewing in the future because it's difficult it's a it's a totally different uh discipline to to just speaking you know just answering questions like trying to get yeah. a conversation to host something yeah i mean i've definitely it's, it's something i've it, it has come more naturally to me from a young age is is not only just making friends but just holding a conversation or or, or mm. talking to people you know it's i've definitely found that has helped me in the industry the last couple of years where you know um know that i'm well known or anything but like you know the, I, enough people know me and it's mostly because i've i've because you, a little bit easier time. you know you actually see yeah. the conversation and i mean i'm, I'm still yeah. shy as hell and in, in a lot of situations where it's like yeah it looks like they're enjoying conversation with someone else i won't i won't bother them you know yeah i'll just stand <laughs> just just standing near them and breathing the same air is enough for me it's fine you know <laughs> no I, I just i just walk up and be like oh hey what's happening man and but that, yeah. that's funny as well because I, I talk about that's like that's how i got my internship at access was walking up to the table and being like hey guys like you know i'm looking mm -hmm. for work you guys i know you've got a studio in glasgow do you want yeah and it's like 
if I hadn't had that conversation, then where would I be? I mean, so it's like, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a life skill in itself, but I think it is one of these things where artists definitely find it a bit harder to, to naturally have that, that determination to go and speak to somebody. But then it's, I think it's what made it easy for me when I first started was making sure I had those conversations with friends and then it seems less intimidating. Absolutely. Um, like the, there's a confidence now of like, I know I can talk about art because I'm so immersed in it. Um, yeah, you know, you can't carry the same sort of conversation if you don't have any knowledge. To, like, you end up in yeah. awkward small talk and then just nothing. Um, so, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely like the, the years I've spent speaking to people about art is now put me in a position where if I interview somebody, you know, high up in the echelon, like my chair or something, like I can still have a conversation with them that's that's coherent because I know, you know, certain aspects of stuff that. I can talk about but then what I found recently is because like I was saying the other day I interviewed uh, Peter McConnell and I've interviewed like Darren from uh, Darren Corb from Supergiant who's worked on like Bastion and now Hades and stuff like that and he does the audio stuff you know that's been a new thing for me because I'm not as knowledgeable in the audio side of it so um, but then you still find a common ground because it's still a creative outlet it's still something that um, and I was a I'm formerly but still I'm a musician I still play instruments so i mean like there is as long as you can find a common ground to talk about then there is yeah, yeah. or just yeah, just is. if you have like if you, if you really want to know more you know that's that's yeah part. you're genuinely interested in what they've got to say yeah it does make sense okay yeah so um if, if you guys have listened to this point um if you guys have um of course um checked out uh thomas's work and, and you're here watching it i'll leave all his links in the description you can check out um some of his socials and if you've got any questions make sure you leave them down below um, we also have a Discord right now, so if you guys want to join in and share some of your work or get to know the people in the community, um, you can join in. I think we've got about 150 members now. Um, and yeah, just just uh, thanks for sticking about. I hope you guys have enjoyed this. Um, we we'll might be trying to do some more in the future. I know that I've got a couple of people who want to come back and do some stuff like this. So um, yeah, just keep tuned. Um, we'll have more stuff out soon. Um, and then then yeah, def- just thanks to Thomas, thanks to you guys, and uh, we'll speak to you soon. Bye, guys. See everyone.